Hello, Herstorians. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Herstory, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me a woman of many hats, Shola Kay. She has been featured in Mary Claire, Harper's Bazaar, and the BBC. She is a communication specialist, provides consultations for companies in diversity and inclusion, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shola. Hi, Heather. Great to be here with you. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good, actually. I'm nice and chilled out, just relaxing on the couch, talking to you. What could be better? Oh, man. I love a good couch chill interview. Those are, (laughs) especially if you've got coffee nearby or tea. I don't know your life. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my slippers on and my big bottle of water next to me. So it's it's raunchy here, you know. Where to even begin? Why don't we start with your initial career in IT consultancy? What was your experience like in that field? Yeah, interesting question, because that was my first corporate experience. And it really guided, uh, affected every part of my life um, after that because of the experience that I had. So I studied, I did my master's in the States. I'm from England, as you could probably hear. (laughs) And uh, then I got this job and I was working as a consultant. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know at the time what consultants did, but I just had a friend that said, oh, you should get a job as a consultant. And in those days, I had no clue who I was, what I wanted, anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are people out there who kind of have had that before. You just kind of haven't really had the, the space, I guess, to figure out what it is that you want in life. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just kind of uh, obediently doing what my friend said, got this job. And again, you know, because I didn't really know who I was, I had no voice. And so I'd be in these meetings, I wouldn't want to say a word. I felt like this kind of timid creature who, um, I think being the only black woman in the company, being British among Americans, I just felt like I was a fish out of water Mm. and as a result some people I think when they feel under pressure they kind of speak up more but for me I'm an introvert and I just felt oh I just want to keep quiet Mm. and uh, as a consultant you're not paid to be silent right so so, um, I ended up finding myself they put me on probation because I think they thought I was I was lazy oh. and uh, <laughs> they I think this is a while ago so before people kind of started thinking about um, I don't know neurodiversity and inclusion and all that it was much more can you do the job can you sink or swim oh sinking we're gonna get rid of you as soon as we can uh-huh. so yeah so it's kind of tough but anyway luckily for me to cut long story short a colleague of mine took pity on me um, and she kind of came in in the mornings before work and we would meet and she would kind of just give me activities that built my confidence Mm. and so as a result of that I ended up staying in that company for a few more years but it certainly influenced me in terms of the work I do with people who uh, need to be better communicators or just need to find Mm. who they are and then also empathy because I felt like the way I was treated in that role there wasn't a lot of empathy Mm. shown 
and I, it didn't occur to me till like decades later that oh because I, I just thought oh I'm just rubbish right you know I just kind of internalized it yeah. but then later someone said oh well hey they weren't very empathetic and I thought oh so now I talk about empathy when I do my keynote so in a way they kind of helped me they shaped shaped my uh, you know the, the career I have now but at the time yeah I just kind of thought I was really crap and <laughs> you know, had nothing to offer. Oh, <laughs> so. man. You know, and that's so tough too. Cause like, if you're, I'm sure you had plenty of ideas and a lot of things to add to the conversation, but it, you know, when you don't feel comfortable in your environment, when you don't feel comfortable with yourself, when you don't feel fully confident in the position you have, like. Plenty of times, a lot of self-doubt. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a 180 pivot, you ended up embarking on a journey becoming a professional singer for 15 years that I'm sure was quite an experience and quite the opposite of being an introvert. Why, why did you decide to make that shift and why did you leave your IT consultancy career behind? Well, it was because I, I had another job after that where I was working as a, a running a team. Mm-hmm. And again, I think some people are excellent at bullshitting, right? They're really good at just kind of getting in a new situation, kind of blagging their way through. And mm-hmm. that's not me. And so again, I was, it took me a while to get into the role. And this was right around um, to the, when the Twin Towers mm-hmm. um, really tragically came down and the airline industry really took a hit. And one of our big clients was... Uh, in this second role that I had, one of our big clients was a major airline. Mm. And um, I always say, um, well, a lawsuit prevents me from telling you the name of the company, but the initials were B and A. (laughs) 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 But um, but yeah, so we had this big client and then they were doing poorly because the industry was doing poorly. So our company had to cut cut headcount. And of course, the first head was cut was mine again <laughs> like, oh you're not speaking up enough Shola you know we need to let you go so I just thought I'll oh, forget it you know what was the what was the thing that I wanted to do when I was a young girl and it was be a singer mm. so I thought well if I can't you know make this corporate thing work for me um at the at this time let me just revert back to my childhood dream so I took singing lessons and I ended up being a professional singer and, um, you know, ironic for somebody who, who didn't want to speak up, who ended up sort of standing in front of audiences and, and singing, mm. but um, just a weird, weird, <laughs> you know, route, I guess. But of course, then through that, I felt I found a lot of confidence because, you know, mm. I was doing a lot of backing track gigs as well sometimes because mm. I sometimes do stuff with bands. But sometimes when clients didn't have, um, you know, they, they either had a, a, only small space or they didn't want to hire a whole band. I'd end up be singing Motown or jazz with a backing track. Mm-hmm. So even more exposed, it's just you and this backing track and then the audience. So I kind of quickly figured out how to be more engaging, how to find my voice, because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, the chit-chat in between songs with people. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it was, it, it, it's, it's weird, because people say, well, how can you be an introvert and then not speak up and then be a singer but a lot of entertainers and performers are introverts Mm -hmm. um and I think you I think it's 
and this may not be true of of all extroverts but i think a lot of sometimes with extroverts they they love the attention and they love um the performance side of things and i think for introverts i'm sure they love that too but sometimes it's really about kind of serving an audience and mm. doing something that is rewarding and the audience just happened to be there sort of thing and you're there to serve them but equally mm. it's not all about the attention yeah. so yeah so that's you know it's, it was kind of a weird thing but yeah from from shy not wanting well not shy from introvert not wanting to speak up to to singing in front of uh, hundreds of people yeah you know I think it might also I mean I can't speak I'm I'm an extrovert and I can't speak for introverts but I feel like through observations and the people that I've talked to who are performers who would call themselves an introvert I think a lot of it has to also do with knowing that the people that are in the audience are already wanting to hear what you have to say and they're wanting to go along that with you and it's kind of like a safe shared space and not a my my thoughts might be shot down my ideas might be shot down sort of thing I don't know I feel like at least the the few friends of mine that are few friends what am I saying oh you poor thing <laughs> no <laughs> um, the, the friends of mine that are introverts I guess I, I most of my friends are are extroverts but any I digress um have have expressed that sort of experience where they're like well you know when I'm on stage I I know I know who I am and I'm comfortable expressing all of it and talking about it because that's my platform that's where I want to be sharing these experiences mm. yeah that's a really interesting point actually and I think definitely knowing that people are there you know that they paid to hear that sort of music or they they wanted to be there I mean it makes a big difference of mm -hmm. course in in the way you um, operate because you know being in front of a hostile audience is a whole different thing a whole different <laughs> thing and some people thrive on that you know they thrive on that energy but that's not me at all oh. 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 <laughs> you're shaking your head Heather I I'm take not. it it's not you <laughs> I cannot I do not thrive on on bad audiences man they they freak me out I get I get all kinds of I uh, lose I lose all the lines can't remember any lyrics can't do anything oh wow <laughs> oh man no there there was there was one um I did a show one time um it was a musical where we like broke the fourth wall a lot so it was mm -hmm. kind of like playing with the audience and they were just not having it I don't I this one particular audience was just no matter what we did they were just not they were just not on board we were like did everyone did everyone just go like eat sour grapes today what happened <laughs> it's okay to laugh it was a very strange time did you have any uh any uh disaster disaster performances well i think there are those situations where you it's quite funny because I, I would sing Motown and there were certain songs you just know that any good audience is going to run on the dance floor when I sing this song or that song. Mm -hmm. And then some audiences, you just sing that song and they're just sitting there like it's like they're stuck to the, the seat. So it's like, a, it's like a yardstick, like, oh, okay, this is a pretty awful audience because they didn't even 
upstairs. Right? They're not even nodding their heads. You're like, yeah. are you enjoying this? Why are you here? Exactly. And there was one time, it was so funny, because I used to go occasionally to Spain to sing, and they got this, this promoter, I guess, thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this huge audience. So you had this big venue. Maybe it fit about three or 400 people. And on the night, about 12 people came. So I remember <laughs> I'm singing. And like, I try and make eye contact when I'm singing, but literally to go around 12 people, you could do it like <laughs> times in a song, right? So by the end of the second song, I'm looking at people, they're looking away, looking up at the sky. <laughs> so yeah, that was a pretty lame experience. Oh my God. That, see, oh, that's one thing I hate. I, I can't, I can't stand if I can see the faces. Oh, really? Every single face. If I I can, like, seeing the first few rows, that's fine. But if you can count and, and then by the end of, you know, the third song, know the shoes of every single person that's in the audience. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you are now able to combine your background in STEM with your background in entertainment to create what has been resoundingly described as engaging keynote and masterclass presentations about communication for diversity and inclusion, workplace communication and workplace empathy, like you've mentioned. Why are these particular topics so important to you? Well, I think as someone who struggles herself to communicate in the workplace, I have a lot of patience and time for those people who are you know find themselves in the same position mm -hmm. and in particular I think you know there's obviously you know there's a big push right now to uh, for engagement uh, employee engagement and of course inclusion but not only do you have to create workplaces where people feel comfortable but you've also got to give them the skills to to speak up because mm. I mean I know that if I think back to how I was way back when even if they'd suddenly said, oh, right, you know, re regime change, you know, we want you to, to be yourself and enjoy and everything, I still would have needed some opportunities to just learn and figure out what my voice is, learn how to express it, learn how to flourish um, with my communication. So I kind of feel as though the, the, the empathy, you know, is about understanding the people you work with. The communication is about being able to listen and then also being able to frame what you've got to say in a way that has impact. Mm. And then, um, of course, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity, that's kind of the foundation and making sure that everybody gets an equal shot at being heard. So I kind of feel like they all go together personally. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it's work I absolutely love. I adore helping people with frameworks and then seeing them like, yeah, man, I'm going to speak up in that meeting. Or oh, I love it. I really love it. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm just so lucky that I guess my background, my very shaky start in the corporate world and then going on to sing has kind of helped me to put together this kind of mad mix of, um, <laughs> of materials that I share with people. <laughs> what, uh, what, what's one of your favorite parts about um, like after, let's say you've completed a keynote presentation or some master classes, what, what's your favorite part that follows those classes? Does that make sense? Like, do you, do you enjoy seeing what people are doing with what you've given them or, or do you get a lot of like 
face-to-face feed. I mean, face-to-face right now, but like, you know, uh, feedback from people, if they're like, Hey, what you said really struck a chord with me. And I've been able to do this, this, and this after you said that. Yeah. I mean, that's always really wonderful. And I encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn or wherever so that we can keep in touch. Cause I think people often think just because you're the speaker that there's this kind of big sort of I don't know distance between you and I really try super hard to just say well hey look you know I was this young woman that couldn't speak up and that there's everything's possible everything's possible Mm -hmm. and so I really do want to hear those stories where people say oh yeah I used that framework and oh it really worked um and even in sessions it's it's quite funny because I think for so many years after my kind of experience in the workplace where I just thought I'm just rubbish I just really thought I had nothing to offer so I did a lot of personal development work um, you know all the courses the books all of that and it, it, it it's kind of wonderful to be able to share even if it's one or two tips per speech just to be able to share stuff with people mm-hmm. and then you know I get really emotional by the end of it because it's like and now over to you it's your turn <laughs> 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 so I did this great it was not great because I was great but it was so great because they were a wonderful audience and um it was a group they were mainly from the states but a group of, uh, from a PR company um and at, at the end I just kind of you know when I said oh now it's your turn and I just started bawling crying and everyone's crying as oh. well so it's like and there were good tears you know but yeah. you know you had that crying headache like yeah. So like for the next 24 hours I'm like oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh that means it was a good cry too <laughs> you had crying headache before yourself yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know that that's so amazing because that means there there wasn't you're not just doing I mean you know it's in what I said that it people describe it as engaging and and wonderful but to to have that sort of reaction you know, from not just the people that you are helping communicating with, but like you yourself are so invested in these presentations and these, these classes that you are giving yourself and putting yourself into it. And that's amazing. You don't always get that. You know, I've sat through many, uh, many, a class uh like a master class that I was like do you even like what you do like why are you why are you giving this speech right now you know what I mean yeah it's funny <laughs> isn't it it's um I think uh, hopefully everyone that delivers on a certain topic is touched by it but it's 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 weird because I think sometimes people feel they've got to keep that keep it together you know um, yeah yeah and I think you know you, you you've sung and performed so you kind of get you have to have your emotions quite close to the surface right otherwise no one is touched mm-hmm. and I think maybe there's given that you know every time you sing that that's going on or a lot of times maybe it's just a being a bit more comfortable with you know being close to the edge that way mm-hmm. um it helps people who've maybe got a performance background to to reveal more I, I don't know I don't know yeah. but yeah, I would absolutely say, yeah, that, that would make perfect sense because if you, if you have not to say that people who don't have a performance background can't also be engaging and excellent speakers, but it, it helps when you're able to tap into these, 
very specific emotions and give them to other people as well, you know, because it's, uh, and you can tell when someone's faking it. Uh, <laughs> you <yeah. know? laughs> or you're like, you didn't mean a word you just said. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very discerning. You're, you're sitting there with your arms folded, like, hmm, okay, I got you. <laughs> I emailed them my feedback after. <laughs> Here are my critiques. <laughs> I wonder if that's a job that someone has. Just going and watching a bunch of random keynote speeches. <laughs> like a restaurant critic but yeah. there's speeches instead. Just sending unsolicited feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've mentioned it before that you've you've doubted yourself. How are you able to come through those doubts and really come out the other side feeling more confident or at least, you know, not completely doubting yourself anymore? It's, that's a a good question because I think sometimes you don't know what's on the other side, do you? You just Mm -hmm. have to keep going and, and sort of hope that the general direction that you're heading in is the right one. Um, Because I would never have dreamt that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. I just didn't know what I'd be doing, um, but just kind of kept following the the next thing that seemed interesting and that was motivating and that kind of engaged me. And I think sometimes that's all you can do because you can't really necessarily see three or four or five steps ahead. You can just see maybe one step or the next step. Mm. And you've just got to trust that the things that inspire you are taking you in the right direction. And, and as long as there's something that makes you come alive, even if you're not sure if that's the, the thing, you just have to go in that direction. Because I remember when I, 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 I guess, I don't know, I'd become a singer, I was singing, um, but I knew that that wasn't the ultimate thing for me. I knew that, although I love singing, it wasn't, I was doing cover songs and um, you know, singing at parties and stuff. And I knew that ultimately that wasn't really where I wanted to go, but it was just all I could do in that time. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading, what's that woman, Danielle um, Laporte, is it? Is it, do you know her? She's a, I think she's some sort of coach. Um, but I remember reading books by, you know, these sort of spiritual kind of um, coach type people and just every day getting up thinking, please, what is it? What, what is that thing? What? Why am I here? Just really not having any idea of what, why I existed here and what I had to bring to the table. And it can be a horrible feeling when you're just, you just feel like you're just sort of floating around and, you know, you're sort of earning a living and things are kind of going okay. But just what, what is the, what's the reason? Why, yeah. why, why? Where's the, um, where's the good yeah. stuff? What am I doing? Yeah. 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 Well, you just feel like you're marking time or there's no progress. So I, I really get when people say things like, oh, I, I need to find my voice. I don't know who I am. Because I think that for, for, I don't know for how long, like a number of years, I think, especially when you've, you've perhaps kind of grown up because my parents are very um they're sort of typical Nigerian parents which is okay you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or you know accountant whatever Mm -hmm. and then when I didn't do those things there wasn't a lot of encouragement or at all Mm -hmm. and I think when you want to please somebody and you know you're not pleasing them it can be quite hard to just break away from that and say well I'm just going to develop in my own way 
um, if you're somebody who wants to make people happy. Mm. And um, so I think, yeah, just, and everyone's different. Some people are rebellious naturally. Some people just know what it is they, they should be doing. But I didn't, you know, way into, gosh, you know, in my 30s. And I remember one day, it's like, hold on, you have to give yourself permission. You, no, don't wait for anyone else. You mm. have to say yes mm. to being you and developing in the way that you need to. And it was almost like, wow, this is, how, how could that be? It's incredible. <laughs> We've been shocked. Like, wow, this is okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so that was a big turning point, I guess, just sort of saying, okay, yeah, this is, what if you die and you've just been trying to please all these random people that will never be pleased mm. because you're not, you, you just, the things that you do will never please them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess anyone out there who's just like twisting and turning in the wind and thinking, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Just give yourself permission or find someone to say to you, Hey, what you're doing is okay. You're all right. Just choose for yourself. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I think our, in our hearts, we know, as I say, that we kind of know the direction. We may not know where, ultimately that we're going to end up but we kind of know enough to take a step in the right direction and sometimes that's all you need until you take the next one and the next one Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes sometimes it is a a, you know we all need a little validation occasionally you know you know where you just you feel like you need someone else to also give you permission you know and and uh not just being a yes man but like you know just being like honestly saying you are you are doing the right thing mm. it'll be fine yeah. I wait little birdie like, it's true <laughs> and encouragement is a gift it's a real gift just to support somebody I mean it's a massively valuable thing so yeah you know we all need a bit of encouragement from time to time yeah you've got the nail on the head there mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there something in your career thus far that you are particularly proud of in across any of the hats you've worn so far <laughs> gosh that's a, it's, I think if anything it's just proud of not be of, of keeping going and not not when I've been doing something that hasn't felt quite right just saying okay this is a stepping stone to something else and just mm. being okay with 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 sort of keep experimenting and keep looking and keep finding and learning mm. um because yeah I mean I get you know I've written a couple of books etc but it's I don't feel like those were I, I'm not looking for praise for people for those but it's more just saying okay this, this I think just kind of riding the wave of life mm. and just seeing where it takes where it takes you because you don't know do you you don't Mm. unless you jump on you're not really sure Mm. and it could be amazing or you could get the lows you know the troughs but the peaks as well so so I'm sounding very sort of philosophical (laughs) for (laughs) a reason it makes sense you know if if if, you know for I I this is gonna sound a little crazy but I actually had kind of I I felt like you were gonna say something like that in response based on you know the way you talk about your career and your journey into getting where you've gotten um and still have you know you know wherever you're going next it's something where it's like you seem to I love that you're most proud of your transitions and being 
open and ready to go in in whatever direction you your your heart takes you <laughs> you know <laughs> like i think that's such a great thing to be proud of i love that thank you thank you i can, i think if i'd said an achievement i don't i don't know i don't i think of life as a journey really and it's not about achievements it's just about are you open to what what it has to give you to bring you and and yeah that's that's as far as I can go with that one. <laughs> Thank you. We could write a whole bunch of fortune cookies. Baker. <laughs> Perfect. So you seem to have a hand in everything, like I've said. From your degree in natural sciences from Cambridge to being a distinguished Toastmaster as well as a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts and more. Where does your drive to continually be learning and growing come from? Uh, when I do, you know, well, a lot of people, when you work with a coach, the first thing you do is look at your values in life. And I don't know, Heather, have you ever done a values exercise where you've I looked haven't. at those? You haven't, then that, you should jump online as soon as we're done and um, look for values. I think it's, they call it values elicitation or just values exercise. And then you'll find there's loads of different um, websites where you can just kind of, they ask you loads of questions and at the end they'll say, oh, these are your top 10 values. And it's quite fascinating to see what the thing, what your drivers are in life. Mm -hmm. And typically when you work with a life coach, that's one of the first things that they'll do with you is find out your values. And whenever I work with a coach, it's always come out that personal growth and learning have been, you know, big big ones for me mm. um because I just love to learn new things so I think for me this idea of kind of just getting new it's not even about new experiences I think it's it's more just learning things that I feel like make me a little bit um not even older and wiser but just in something I'm interested in and then learning a bit about it and feeling like oh okay I've got a little bit of an insight into that now so that I think that is what drives me in mm. a, a big way just just learning things for their own sake, really. Yeah, I, I, you know, did, did you grow up in a house that was like that? Were you, or was this just something you kind of naturally have always been inclined to? I think they, my, my Nigerian parents, they're very, very much about education and learning. So definitely there was, yeah, it was always about learning new things. And so I think part of it was from there. And I think, yeah, just kind of making sure that I've, not not about being all I can be, because what is that? I mean, no one can do everything, right? But just feeling as though, as I think, again, if there's a direction that looks a bit fascinating, just not, mm. not feeling constrained about having a look. Yeah. Really. What, 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 what is the most out of left field topic that you know like a smidgen about that you just randomly were inclined to learn a little bit more oh gosh um wow that's a tough one uh you know what? I don't know if I can even anything out of left field wow I can't really think of anything that's kind of particularly crazy I mean I'm actually sort of I, I think I'm pretty boring to be honest like not conservative but just sort of quite um 
yeah like for example my partner always wants to go camping I'm like no I can't go camping there'll be bugs and things you know I'm not sort of uh, adventurous in that way maybe more risky with career but not so much sort of putting my life life at risk for insects in the in the field but um but yeah I can't think there's anything particularly crazy but um yeah if I can think of anything I'll 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 let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how so... about you? Have you got any kind of um, interesting interests? You know, I, I, I feel like I, I, I grew up in a house that was very much like, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about, where it was all just learn a bunch of things that you're interested in, and um, mine more lies in the like random skill sets that I decide to pick up that I'll just like be like I want to learn how to knit I want to play the ukulele I'm gonna learn how to do this now I'm gonna learn how to do that (laughs) and then I recently I guess not that recently but um I love reading math books like math books about math (laughs) which sounds horrible I know but there's this book (laughs) it's called the joys of x like the letter x and it's all about applying all these crazy like really complicated mathematical equations that we actually use like in everyday life without even realizing it in decision making in the way we put things away we're constantly thinking in numbers like that's how our brains work we just we speak in word it's very cool and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> wow. Go read that book. There, there was one thing where this whole chapter about like the Pythagorean theorem and how we use it in, in our decision making and just a whole bunch of like really weird stuff. Yeah. I'm full of random weird bits of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an amazing book. I love the name as well, right? The right? Trovex, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I told someone to read that book, they were like, what are you trying to tell me to read right now? And I was like, it's not what you think. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of having a hand in everything and also speaking of books, tell us about yours. Uh, Yeah, I've got, I've got two books that are out and I've got one that I wrote in between the two, but, um, have kind of sat on for a while um just because i've yeah i know why i haven't haven't really kind of pushed it too much but the first one i wrote was called how to be a diva at public speaking and um diva obviously came from sort of being a professional singer but also it's a little framework that i use when i'm teaching people about speaking so um so d stands for being a dynamic communicator i is about being inspiring and telling stories b is for being valuable and giving good content that's useful and then a is about being authentic being yourself so um so the book is kind of based on singers and the analogy between singing and speaking and writing songs and writing speeches so that was the first one and then the second one just came out recently in november and that one is called uh, what's it called big talk small talk and everything in between and basically it's a bunch of different scenarios um and then at the end of each scenario there's a tip so it might be i don't know let's go say you go to a restaurant with a date and then the date starts kind of being really mean to the waiters and waitresses you know how do you deal with it sort of thing um so it's just kind of different all all sorts of different scenarios for serious situations and trivial situations 
it's kind of fun to write. Yeah. Well, before we get to our last two questions, is there anything else that you would like to add that we didn't touch on um, where we can find you, your curriculums, etc.? Yeah, please do connect with me on LinkedIn. So just look for Shola K, K-A-Y-E, and connect. I'd love to hear from you. Or just go to my website. I've got some free downloads and bits and pieces. Um, so my website is sholak.com, K-A-Y-E. Um, I'm on Instagram, which is Speak Up Like a Diva, which is kind of legacy name, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, just say hello, because I'm always happy to to meet and connect with new people. I love it. I love it. Well, I ask the same last two questions to everyone that comes through the podcast. First, what is your second favorite color? I would have to say yellow. And it's it's funny because you've got favorite colors to wear and favorite colors to look at and favorite colors, you know, for your wallpaper. But I think the colors I think of I just like bright colors that when you look at them you feel inspired and you feel mm. energized and so I think yellow is out of yellow and fuchsia I'm not sure which one's my first and which is second but the two <laughs> of them are like you look and you're like bing mm. energy yeah. so yeah those two, those two. Yeah. <laughs> how about yours what's yours um red and black which is funny because I'm wearing a red and black shirt right now but uh yeah black is my favorite color and then I guess no that's not true well they switch back and forth right now I would say black is my favorite color and red and gray are tied for second I it's very strange because if you looked around my my living quarters it would not indicate that in any way shape or form it is so colorful. I've got yellow chairs. I've got a pink bedspread and uh, turquoise curtains and all kinds of colors. But mm -hmm. I, I, I just red, red and black make me feel strong. I think. I think that's mm -hmm. what it is. And then I like to wear gray. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I guess it's funny because if you're the sort of debating type and an extrovert, you don't need color to lift you up. You just you, you you got it it's in you you know well I need that sort of pick me up oh the pink yeah yeah okay remember <laughs> life life whereas you you've just you're just walking it and exuding it all the time so it's quite fascinating yeah I, I it's very it's it's so it's so funny I love I love talking with people who have very different um approaches to just existing <laughs> you know you know, we have a very different, like, aura, energy aura, color. You know what I mean? I feel like mine mm. is kind of, I don't know, probably red with some glitter. And, <laughs> 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 and then yours, I feel, is like pinks and, and yellows, like you were saying. It's very interesting. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> and last, what, in your opinion, is the best part of being a woman? I think something about being um, sort of defying stereotypes and changing and not feeling constrained to be a certain way, because mm -hmm. I think there are so many different ways of being a woman and so many ways to enjoy ourselves as we are. 
and I think there's something in there it's about kind of shape-shifting and being just free to, mm. to 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 express ourselves in many many different ways and that I think is 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 a wonderful thing mm-hmm Absolutely. And how. I love that. That is so true. Being a chameleon, being able to express in so many ways. I love it. Chameleon is the word. Well done. You put your finger right on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Shola, for for sitting down and and chatting today. Um, I had a lovely time and I I feel like your approach to guiding and consulting and speaking is so unique and i i love i just think that's such your your journey leading up to where you are now is so unique and i and i love that you've been able to create your own situation that encompasses all of who you are and the way you want to approach and share that with with others so i i love that and thank you for for sitting and talking with us today thank you heather it was a complete pleasure it's been such a lovely time with you so i want to thank you as well for being really generous with your questions and summing up so well and being such a fantastic listener so yeah it's been a complete pleasure (laughs) flick your hair girl flick your hair girlfriend historians for tuning in again subscribe all of that good stuff so we can spread the news of this show and share these stories with as many people as possible for extra inspiration you can follow us on the social medias twitter at the her story pod instagram at women of her story podcast and visit our website at of until next week Be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of.